nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Hello and welcome back. This is Leanne Meyer, uh, your host, and this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm so happy to be back with you, and I want to thank you all for spreading the news about this show far and wide. been hearing from lots of people, lots of ideas, and I'm very excited to um, hear that the show is really catching on. So keep doing all that good work. Today's show is called A Patient's Companion in the Health Journey. And um, just kind of a a brief uh, preview, Uh, what draws people to the practice of nursing is quite different from what draws people to the work of Wall Street, corporate America, entertainment, and other types of work. When I talk to nurses about what draws them to this rigorous, draining work of caring for those perhaps in their worst moments of life, they almost universally talk about their passion for helping others. Healthcare, however, is more and more being run by people who are business-based and really don't necessarily understand what makes the nurse-patient relationship work. Therefore, the people you want caring for you as, as a patient become drained, overworked, and burned out. My guests today are here to talk about the work they do for a company of caring called Studer and how they support the caregivers to continue to care. So I'd like to, uh, I'm really eager to welcome and introduce my guests today, Stephanie Brown and LaVon Duino, uh, to this program. And and again, we're calling it A Patient's Companion in the Health Journey. So Stephanie, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself, your background? Yes, I'd love to. Thanks for having us today. Um, I've been in healthcare since I was a kid, so over a little 30 years. I've worked both on the mental health side and the medical side in a variety of capacities from direct care to leadership and doing improvement and coaching work and have enjoyed every minute of it. That's great. Thank you so much. And uh, Levon, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here. Hello, and I'm so glad to be here, Leanne. It's just a thrill to do this with Stefan and to talk to your listeners. I've been a nurse for um, about 50 years, so you can guess about how old I am. Seasoned nurse, I like to call myself. And um, I started my healthcare career being afloat on night shift. I worked in ICU, uh, have also worked in clinics, and currently I've been at Studer Group now for about 11 years. Wow. So uh, we all know, or a lot of us know, exactly what goes into all of those parts and pieces. Tell us a little bit about Studer. What, what is it, and how did it come to be? Uh, Studer Group is an organization that's been in, in existence probably since the late 19, 1990s and the early 2000s. It was founded by our founder, Quint Studer, who started in Holy Cross Hospital in Chicago, Illinois, and he started more as we got to get these numbers up, and their patient experience was in the fifth percentile. As he began the work, though, what he realized was that it was more about a number. It was more about the person and not about a number. And as they began their work at this um, big inner city hospital in 1993, um, the work began to be about passion and about uh, worthwhile work and making a difference. In the first year at uh, Holy Cross, Quint and his team were able to move patient experience from the 5th to the 75th percentile, which had never been done in those days. I think over the course of the years, we are now over 200 people in the organization. We partnered two years ago with Huron Huron Corporation and have brought together not only just the the culture side, which is the work that we do at Studer Group, but we brought in also then the side of operations. We work with healthcare organizations over probably a thousand over the course of our time so far since early 2000 and work with them on the culture of what the work is that we do. And our center and our, our mission and our goal is really to make it the best place for our employees 
to receive care, our physicians to work, and our patients to receive, our employees to work, our physicians to work, and our employees to, um, patients to receive care. Sorry. Got to <laughs> That's okay. Uh, those tongue, <laughs> tongue-tied uh, moments, I can relate to them. Yeah. Uh, so, Stephanie, <laughs> could you just give us a, a, just a little bit of an idea of what it looks like when you go into an organization? Oh, well, we could go into an organization in a variety of different capacities, but typically we're going in because they're looking for a partner to help support them on that journey and improving the patient experience. And a lot of our work, the work that LaVon and I do, uh, is in direct collaboration with the executive team and their leaders and working with their staff. So we very much believe in working with the leadership team because they are role modeling um, and setting the vision in the course and partnering with us in that work with their staff towards becoming organizations of excellence. A lot of our work is direct observation, providing feedback, uh, working shoulder-to-shoulder with leaders and staff in the work that they're doing and trying to make a better patient experience uh, for both families and for the patient that we're, that we're caring for. Having been a, a recipient of the Studer um, process, uh, it was fantastic. And I remember how much it played right into what I believed and felt. And I, I felt so supported by every level of the organization. Um, and we all were able to reinforce each other along the way. It was just fantastic. Um, I know that you work with all levels of organizations as you go in to work with them across the country, but um, we're going to talk about your work with nurses. So um, talk a little bit about um, the benefits to nurses uh, to being connected to what's meaningful and motivating to them. Absolutely. I, I, you know, like LaVon talked about uh, in her introduction, talking a little bit about Studer Group, she mentioned that connection to purpose with oral work and making a difference. So we, we use a, an analogy of the healthcare flywheel, and in the center of that is, is really connection to purpose and what is meaningful to our work. And I think both Levon and I, and, and you, Leanne, too, we've got a history, have experienced um, either personally or have observed in our colleagues in healthcare when that disconnect from purpose and, and worthwhile work is, yes. is there, work becomes uh, pretty unbearable. And that that can translate into how we show up with our patients and with each other. And so I think for Levon and I, we're very passionate about starting first with that connection to what is meaningful and motivating to us in our work and how that relates ultimately to that journey that we're walking with our patients. Levon, from a nurse's point of view, um, did you receive this kind of um, experience or were you um, right away involved in being a part of sharing that experience with others. I guess, were you a nurse receiving the Studer support? Well, I've been a nurse for a long time, and uh, we did not partnership with Studer okay. Group. So there's a different way of kind of getting into that that mode and into that culture. We either become formal partners or else many people across the country um, just decide to do some of our work, like rounding on employees or rounding on patients. And I think the difference is, is that when you have a coach doing that, it makes such a huge difference to come alongside and help you understand why it's so important. And mm-hmm. I think for nurses, um, I can tell you many stories from my past that I was not engaged and no one tried to meet my needs. But what I saw, what I see now with our uh, organizations is we really try to round on our employees and make sure that they know that they're very important because if we don't have that foundational relationship with our employees. And as a nurse, that's so important to me because sometimes it's the little stuff that makes me crazy when I'm doing my bedside shift or my bedside nursing. And so it's really getting to that um, that place where the nurse leader is saying, what do I need to do for you to provide you the tools and equipment? And what's going well today with your team? And so those things really engage the nurses on a different level. So rather than in a meeting setting, um, the managers or the leaders are actually coming to the, the floor of the unit and talking with the nurses in the process of them doing their work? Is that what you mean by rounding? Yes, absolutely. Yes. They spend time, usually five to ten minutes is, is the process, but just to find out where the nurses are and what they need. And so the unit leaders will do that nurse leader rounding. So it's very important to me as a person that somebody cares about me, and then I can provide more care to my work. And so with nurses, I think 
you know, I think back so many times about if somebody had just asked me what I needed for equipment, I would have been able to do my job better and safer. And so I think, um, yes, it's the nurse leaders that round on those and the um, leaders in the organization, that frontline leader that rounds on those nurses. And it provides them then that opportunity to really talk about what they need to get their work done more effectively. Stephanie, talk a little bit about um, if uh, the, the what are the risks if the nurses do get disconnected from their own meaning? What what does that look like? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I think that shows up in a variety of different ways. Um, we can see examples of depersonalizing, which is really a, a coping mechanism that gets developed over time because the person feels like they can't meet the demands um, or the demands exceed their skill set or their time that they have. Uh, and, and they become, as a result, very task-oriented uh, and disconnect on that human level with the patient. Um, the, the other side of that could be compassion fatigue. So giving so much, investing so much of yourself in your patients and your families that you're caring for that you actually get burned out. There's physical, emotional exhaustion and, and research shows us that as much as 40% of healthcare workers are dealing with depression. Yeah. So you think about in an organization you know, where you and I came from, where we had a approximately 7,500 employees, think about 40% of those healthcare workers walking around with depression, what the implications of that are not only to them, but then also to the patients and families they're caring for. So it's really important to maintain that as your your compass, your, your grounding point in terms of the very hard work that we do in healthcare. One one thing I remember, and of course I didn't realize it at the time, but as I look back on it, I can remember on really, really busy days, that would be one of the first things I would tell people, patients as they go into the room is, oh, we're really, really busy today. There's so much going on. And, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't able to get in here. And initially the idea was to apologize to them for my service. But what ends up happening is I'm really asking them to take care of me. And um, Absolutely. It wasn't until years later when I looked back and thought, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that's what I was doing. But I was. Well, and I think that's where a good patient. (laughs) Hello, Ron. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I was going to say that I think that that's where it goes to if we're taking care of the employees. They're not going to file that need to tell the patients about things that they're struggling with. And, um, you know, the nurses are all about safety, right? I mean, I care about my patient because I want to give them safe care and quality care. And when we're not engaged or we disconnect from the work because we're having so much stress like Stephanie was talking about, then we become um, such a prime target for errors. And so I think right. today's world with so much going on around us as we're, we're giving care to those uh, patients that we need to stay focused on that safe quality care that we can provide and do the best that we possibly can. And that's why those that rounding is so important to our nurses to be able to take some of that away from them so that we can help mm-hmm. manage some of those things that are driving them a little crazy kind of clear the way so they could do their work. Talk about what it looks like um, when a nurse is uh, really connected. They're, they're seeing it as sacred work, or, or what can they do to, to reconnect to that feeling? Well, I think, first of all, keeping that front and center, and it almost sounds counterintuitive, is that it's, that is really what helps us manage uh, our, a sense of well-being for ourselves as healthcare workers and helps manage um, the potential of burnout. So it sounds like, you know, why would I want to lean into the very thing that's kind of stressing me out? And and for many nurses, uh, Levon, you may even remember this in your education, we actually taught nurses for a while to disconnect at that emotional level. But research says yeah. actually connecting is really valuable to our sense of well-being and being able to manage the very hard, stressful things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis as healthcare workers. So I think that's important to, to remember. And there's some, there's some things that we can talk about. I know we'll need to go to break here soon. Uh, but we can, there's some things that we can talk about on how to stay connected with that on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, we've actually got a little bit of time. Let's go ahead and go into that. So um, let's just take uh, just a couple of minutes and, and talk about uh, what does that look like. So like um, an inspired nurse, uh, is there, do you have an example of that? I think the, for me the most important thing was so I was starting to feel that 
somebody cared for me and then for me to be grateful for the work that I have and the job that I get to do every day. And so I think when we look at um, Rich Blooney is one of our speakers and authors at Studer Group, and he's been in many nursing, he's a nurse, and he's been in many nursing environments. And one of the things that he talks about is journaling and making sure that we, we write down those things that we're frustrated with and also write down those things that are so great. And so feeling some gratitude every day about the work that we get to do and touch people in their most vulnerable times and be involved in those patients' lives and in the lives of their families to help them walk through whatever transition we are in that life and in that stage where they're at. So I think that's really important to be able to um, really connect to our purpose and find out really why are we there and list some of those things to say, why are we really in nursing? Yeah. So um, you're talking about actually taking a deep breath on the unit when you're feeling the frustration and coming back to a place of gratitude. That's so hard to do when you're right in the midst of all of the turmoil. So uh, what would it look like if if I did that? If I was going to take a minute of of gratitude, what would that look like? It's, I think, as simple as taking a pause just before you went into a patient's room and setting yourself. And and maybe you've even had a ritual, how you started your day, perhaps as you're driving into work, uh, where you take just 10 minutes without the radio playing and you recenter yourself and reconnect into into the, the ways you've made a difference as a nurse and really relive that on an emotional level. Uh, think about those things, those behaviors, the things that you said that made a difference in the life of a patient or a family member and really experience that. And I think you, if you channel that in as you pause before you go into a patient room, that can make all the difference in the world. I can't tell you how many times somebody has said to me, you know, I just want to let you know before you go in that room something about this patient and how that changed how I walked into that room. And that's so important, I think, in in terms of of how we show up and can make a difference for us and for them. Right. If if we're not just involved in our own self, then we can uh, feel the compassion for them. We're going to take a break here, and um, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. This is uh, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, uh, exploring the world of nursing. We're talking about um, the title today is A Patient's Companion in in the Health Journey. And my guests are Stephanie Brown and LaVon Dwinell, who is an RN herself. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Everything is energy. It's all connected. Your energy can be seen as the foundation for your life and impacts all areas of living. Do you realize that your thoughts have the power to affect how you show up? Tune in for Healthy Energy with Margot, featuring host Margot Nielsen. Margot and her guests will show you that connecting to your energy is vital to your health, relationships, money, and more. Listen live every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. 
Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. We are back with Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing, and I am Leanne Meyer, your host. I'm here with my guests, Stephanie Brown and LaVon Dwinal. They both work for a company called uh, Studer, and their job is actually to help support employees to be those uh, compassionate, caring people and to give them support throughout their organization so that they can continue to do the work that they love to do. So we're back now. We've been talking about lots of different things. Um, the most recent thing we were talking about how an individual, before going into a room, uh, can just take a deep breath and take in that feeling of, even though this day may not be going quite the way you have hoped it would go, you have had days when things have gone tremendously and try and get yourself back into that place. How did you feel? How did you feel about yourself? And uh, and how did you feel about the work you were doing? So kind of being able to change that by changing your mindset. So on that um, note, let's talk a little bit about um, some stories where compassion made a difference. Uh, maybe some missed opportunities for compassion. So I'm I'm reminded, Leanne, you had asked about uh, how that how that might look if you're disconnected from meaning and and purpose and, and worthwhile work and what's what motivates you. And in a past life, I used to teach compassionate skill sets, and I can remember a young man who was a radiology tech who came into the the training. He was pretty angry, and one of the exercises we did was to connect staff back into what was meaningful and motivating. And they they spent some time actually journaling this. And as we moved into a discussion together, um, he raised his hand and said, you know, I really want to thank you for doing this exercise because I had forgotten why I got into healthcare. And with that, he became quite emotional. And we all kind of gave him a few minutes and I thanked him for sharing that because I could certainly relate to times in my life when I had felt like, you know, I'm not quite sure why I'm doing what I'm doing anymore. And we continued to share stories. And a couple minutes later, a woman at another table stopped and turned and said, you know, I have to say something. And she turned to the young man and she said, I remember you. And I can remember, Mm. I'm hearing my father in my ear right now. Uh, saying, I have to say something, but I remember you. You took care of my father, and I remember how kind you were, and he has since passed of cancer, um, but you made a difference. And it was one of those incredibly magical experiences because I can remember we had our chaplain residents who were also present in the class, and one of them took the young man under his, his wing, and they spent a fair amount of time in class together. And that young man... He had stated that not only was he thinking of leading the organization, he was thinking of leaving healthcare altogether because he had lost his way and his connection to why he got into healthcare in the first place. And that wow. story happened about eight or nine years ago. And that young man is still doing the work that he's doing today because he reconnected back into why he got into healthcare in the first place. So it is pretty powerful on a personal level and in terms of how we show up with our patients and our co- and our customers and their families. Um, that connection to purpose and meaning mm-hmm. and reconnecting mm-hmm. to that throughout the course of our day. And the other part of that is uh, employees helping and supporting each other, um, allowing each other to have those conversations, to get the, those points of, you know, not just complaining about, oh, you know, what all is going wrong and what somebody isn't doing for us. But getting to that point of being able to say, hey, you know, we've gotten through some pretty tough stuff together, and um, we've also enjoyed some pretty great things. So having those positive, um, it's hard, I think, to actually say those things that sound kind of squishy. And, um, it, you know, we wouldn't normally say in, a, in maybe a normal conversation with somebody, but to remember that how what we say and how we say that to them can make such a difference in how that person feels going forward. So I have a story, Leanne, that, um, about a patient um, in a hospital where I visited not too long ago, and it was such a compelling story about the compassion of a nurse. Uh, we were doing our nurse leader rounding, and part of what we do at Studer Group is come alongside the nurse leaders and, and help them get better at finding out what the patients need and how the care is and what the quality looks like from a, from a patient perspective. We were rounding on a patient that was 
had been there for several days, and she was a chronic pain patient. So she'd had pain for 20 years. Uh, very thin woman, uh, really was not very outspoken, but she was. it was evident when she had come in that she was having a lot of pain. And when we were rounding with her, the nurse leader was saying, so what are we doing to manage your pain today? And, you know, sometimes with chronic pain patients, we just kind of put them aside and say, no, they just, they just, you know, they're just looking for some drugs. And, you know, we kind of go there as nurses sometimes, which isn't our, our best moments. What I saw with this patient was there was a nurse on that unit that had been um, really focused on making sure that they could do everything they could, that she could do everything she could for that patient and managing that patient's pain. And she spent several days working with her and looking at different modalities about what she could do to help that patient's pain. When we rounded, the patient smiled and she said, I'm getting ready to go home. And we were very excited for her. And her comment was, this is the first time in 20 years that anyone has sat down with me and talked to me about what is going on with my pain, what they could do to help me, and were there things that I could do myself that would make a difference. She said, I've never had anyone do that for me, but this nurse was amazing. And I think listening to that story and the compassion that that nurse felt and the way that she took control of that and said, you know what, I'm going to help this patient, instead of just saying, our patients are just, you know, sometimes our chronic patients just need a lot of drugs. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that just thrilled me the most was I, we were so excited to go back to that nurse after we round, rounded with that patient and tell her that story. And she, you know, sometimes we don't like to hear good things about ourselves, but she <laughs> blushed and she kind of cried a little. And, and she was so grateful that we had told her how that patient felt. And I know that it will have an impact on her, but just realizing those few extra minutes that we spend have all the all of the meaning in the world to these patients that are struggling with things that maybe we don't even realize. So the power of that work and that interaction is just more than, you know, more gratitude than I can even compose in my life. Yeah, I really can relate to what you're saying. I think as nurses, we sort of think about the compassion that we give and feel and and work with each other as being something kind of abstract and just something that just is, something that we have a hard time talking about. Something that I've found very interesting since I've been doing this program, uh, just a few sessions ago, we actually were talking to um, a a man who was in my um, RN refresher course and what he does, he owns a company and what he does is he researches compassion and he researches what caring does, the, the actual effects that caring have on human beings. And I know that's something that uh, there is a science behind what you're talking about. Could you talk a little about that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, actually the science is a lot older, I think, than sometimes we, we think about. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that I go to was Bill Moyer's Healing in the Mind uh, research that he did on PBS that was early 90s programming. And, you know, the science is much, much older than that. And I remember... One of the particular scientists, Dr. Felton, talked about the, the surprise that they had when they discovered that there are receptor sites for neurotransmitters in every part of the body. So you take something like a neurotransmitter serotonin, which is our natural antidepressant, and there's a receptor site in every part of our body, including the immune system, uh, for that particular neurotransmitter. So you think about the connection of emotions, um, and what we do and what we bring as healthcare workers to that experience and the implications then to healing and the, the patient experience is quite remarkable. Yeah, it's interesting to think that something, well, and one of the things that uh, this uh, gentleman that was on our show is John Nelson, and um, he talked about being able to uh, uh, research this by actually testing hormones like cortisol, um, which is a stress hormone. So it never occurred to me that you could actually draw blood from somebody and find out how they, their body was reacting to whatever it is that they were doing. They were actually finding um, compassion and caring feelings that, that they were acting out um, with the patient. They were, there were changes. They were actually um, measurable changes in their body that went along with that. And when they tested patients that were 
um, given the care and love of, of those people taking care of them, they saw those uh, same kinds of, of chemical reactions going on within the patient. That just blows my mind. Well, and we know it has a direct correlation to something like wound healing. So if we can help reduce the stress level, the anxiety of that patient, we know that wounds heal faster. So even if you don't get into the whole emotional, mind, body, spirit perspective, there's sure a financial, right? Implication, we are asked more and more to move that patient experience along quicker to have shorter lengths of stay. So how do we do that? You, You have to make even a financial case for the importance of compassion and connection to meaning and reducing patient anxiety from just a wound healing perspective and what what the implications are of that from that perspective as well. I have to laugh when I hear you say that because I actually had an experience where I fell off an eight-foot ladder and landed on a cement floor on my hand with my entire body weight behind it. So I broke my wrist in about eight places in the the wrist, and I had to have surgery on it. And um, shortly before that, I had started doing a mindfulness class, which I kind of poo-pooed. You know, at that time, I really, any of these complimentary type things, I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, give me a break. So I had done about five weeks of this um, uh, mindfulness training, and then I went into the hospital, and for various reasons, I wasn't able to have um, the pain medication. So they were giving me like Tylenol, basically, for after having the surgery. And so I started using the mindfulness, um, uh, what would you say, the how you do it, and I found that I didn't need even the Tylenol that I was doing pretty well without it. And um, that just absolutely blew me away because if I had not experienced that, I would not have realized it. And along with that, people who have a lot of pain were so quick to give them a drug or you know, something like that. But in reality, there's so many things within our body that if we can learn how to utilize what we already have, a lot of those extreme external things or extraneous things are not needed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think it's real interesting today because we have, you know, in our former where we worked together, <laughs> um, the three of us, um, yeah. there was a lot of the organizations that really did a lot of things like healing touch and, and um, you know, aromatherapy. And I think it goes yes. further to exactly what you're talking about. Um, Leanne, we need to get in touch with our bodies and find out where our bodies are and kind of center and and know what we're doing. And I think right now it's so important for nurses to do that because we deal with so much and so quickly. You know, our length of stay, as Stephanie was saying, is going down frequently more and more. And the expectation is, you know, it's less and less. But what we're seeing is that if we can get the nurses to really center on where their energy is spent and um, what they need to do today to not only be okay inside, but to be okay with the patients and, and help the patients get to what they need. And I think that practice at that particular organization was so strong. And I think we saw, in fact, there, I know there was a, a study done, and it's exactly what you're talking about, about cardiac surgery patients and how they mm-hmm. got better quicker and they uh-huh. reduced the length of stay as well as pain medications they were taking. And it was right. mostly around healing touch and how we manage that. So that there's so much in those alternative therapies today that not only help us care for patients, but help us care for ourselves. You know, one of the things I hear a lot of times from nurses um, is I don't have time for that stuff. I am so busy the way it is, there's no way I could take time to do any of that for a patient. So what do you say to nurses that have that kind of a feeling? Uh, uh, Yes, we hear that as well, don't we, LaVon? Yes, we do. I I think... um, it actually doesn't take more time. And, it, and what I observe with, with a lot of people that I work with is sometimes there is a tendency to kick the can, so to speak, down the path a little bit. So I'm not going to do this complete bedside shift report, for example. I'm going to kick the can and I'm going to do the rest of this when I come in for my next round, for example. And I'll complete my assessment then and I'll complete the patient communication board then. Um, and, you know, we live in a, a world of pay me now or pay me more later. So I think resisting that temptation to kick the can and to be completely centered in what you're doing at the time, and I, and I think really connecting with a patient doesn't take more time. If I told a leader, 
you know, talk with your staff about not multitasking. They look at me as if I had three heads. What do you mean? That's the only way I'm getting through my day is through multitasking. And so what I encourage them to do is to flip it and say, where is your sacred moment? Where is the one time when you interact with your patient that you don't multitask? Is it the very first time that you're introducing yourself? And, and we're talking a 20, 30-second conversation of looking eye to eye and maybe even some appropriate touch in that that goes a long way to building that trust. And mm-hmm. patients will come with us then. They'll allow us to speed up and go a little bit faster and, and that multitasking because you've made that connection, you've made that bond. So it's, it's not some big grandiose gesture. It's intentional, short uh, human connection. That is great, and and we're going to take this moment to take another break and come back, and let's talk a little bit more about this, uh, you know, kind of how it looks for individual nurses as they're doing it. So uh, we, this is, if you're just joining us now, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. I'm here with my guests, Stephanie Brown and LaVon Dwinal, and they come from a, a company called Studer, and their job is to help people in hospital areas love their work and um, be able to love their patients even more. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Everything is energy. It's all connected. Your energy can be seen as the foundation for your life and impacts all areas of living. Do you realize that your thoughts have the power to affect how you show up? Tune in for Healthy Energy with Margot, featuring host Margot Nielsen. Margot and her guests will show you that connecting to your energy is vital to your health, relationships, money, and more. Listen live every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Leanne Voice America at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. We are back, and this is Leanne Meyer with Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I'm really interested in this discussion today. I'm with Stephanie Brown and Levon Duino, and they are coming from a company called Studer Group. And I was fortunate enough uh, when I worked for a large health organization to be the recipient of this. We've been talking about all the ways that uh, even when things are not going well or you're absolutely busy, that you can still take that moment to have a few seconds of connection with a patient. And it's that connection that uh, uh, creates the trust that they may not be, after that, as much on their light. They know that you're going to come back because you told them you were going to be back. Um, There's just uh, a lot of ways that... um, they cut down on the work that you're doing because they have a trust in you. And um, so let's talk about communication with patients and um, how that works, what we say, what we do. 
Well, I think the first thing that we always, um, one of the things that we teach our partners when we're working with them is just a framework around communication. And it, it was devised, the acronym itself is called AIDET, A-I-D-E-T, and it was created in a radiology department, but it's applicable everywhere, of course. And um, one of the things that we do is as we're helping the patient understand, so AIDIT stands for acknowledge, so we acknowledge the family and the patient. We introduce ourselves and talk about our experience or what is it in my experience that makes a difference to this patient. And then um, we do duration, so how long is the encounter that we have right now going to take, explanation for the E, and then thank the patient for allowing us to be part of their care today. And I think as we do that, we get a lot of pushback from staff that says, oh, it's going to take me forever. And then we go to, if you do this well, and you round on your patients every hour and you create that engagement with them, will you have less call lights or will you have less interruptions when you're trying to go do, go do something else? And so usually when I um, go into an organization, I will ask them to make it make it. Um, Try, do a trial and say, if I do aid it really well or I do hourly rounding really well in that communication process, how long does it take me to do it? And so we'll time them. And it's been really interesting because what we're finding from nurses as we're asking them to do hourly rounding and aid it as part of that is that they find that the patients appreciate just that five minutes that they come in to make sure that they have what they need, they're safe and they won't fall, and that they know exactly what when you're coming back in case they need something else. But it has made the patients feel more trustworthy, um, or the patients feel more trust in the nurses, and the nurses find that their time is better used because they feel that they've been a, done a better job of communicating to the patient. So while we have a framework around that, it's so applicable in every situation. In fact, sometimes when I'm on site and I come home, I might use some of that rounding on my husband <laughs> to find out how things have been when I've been when I've been away. So I think you know we sometimes think, oh, I can't communicate well, and that's going to take me too much time. But communication is so key to to really understanding and building trust with that patient. And so we have great tools and research related to that. So you know we are the first um, organization that really did an hourly rounding research. And and showed the difference in what it can make, not only to patient experience, but to falls and to decubiti. And so, so much is around how we communicate to our patients. So, Steph, what else do you have? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think in thinking about communication, one of the things that I work with nurses a lot is that narration of their care. Um, I, I'm an introvert, and so I process internally. And so getting used to just talking out loud about what I'm doing and why as I'm doing it goes a long way and helping to explain what we do. And, and we call those those keywords at key times. And keywords at key times is not a script. You know, I think about script when I go to um, – Target and somebody asks me, you know, is there anything that you need? Script is, is often related to upselling something as a product. Keywords at key times is about connecting behaviors and words when we don't want somebody else to insert the meaning for us. And so connecting that for our patients is really important. I'm doing this for your safety. I'm closing this curtain right now for your safety. I'm washing my hands right now for your safety. Um, otherwise, patients insert their own meaning. And sometimes it's it, human nature tends to go negative, right? Especially if you're anxious um, and you're already unsure. So I think narrating what we're doing in our communication. The other piece is really being able to speak to both the head and the heart. I think about Wendy Lebov in the industry has done a lot of work on communication, both from the head and the heart. If you speak only to the head, which is going to be that that clinical information or that specific information I want that patient to know, it meets only a part of a need. If I speak only to the heart, so I'm, I'm speaking from a therapeutic perspective. I'm supporting that the spirit of that patient that I'm taking care of. That's important, but it's not enough. So the two have to come together, being able to give clear information to that patient, explain the why, and then connect into the heart as well um, is important to bringing the full picture and building that trust with the patient so that in turn, they're compliant with what we're asking them to do. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, um, actually, the AIDIT, um, I was a patient in that same hospital I used to work at uh, about a year ago, 
And I was so impressed and amazed that just about every person who came in, no matter who they were, the housekeeper, you know, somebody bringing me something or a nurse or an aide, every single one of them would do an aid it. And uh, I just had to smile. They didn't know that I knew what they were doing. Uh, but it did make me feel like, okay, they would say how long they were going to be there, what they were going to do, and, and uh, um, you know, ask if I had questions about it and those kinds of things. So, yeah, it just did make me feel like they actually were concerned uh, about me and what I understood about what they were doing. So, Absolutely. Um, when it's it's missing, it's it's evident. I, I observed someone um, who came in with a suspicious lump in her breast, and so the the mammographer was was doing a great job. And mammographers are great at narrating, right? They <laughs> talk about everything they're doing and why, and move this way, and that kind of thing. So she technically got all the components of AIDED. She hit every single one of those things that LaVon talked about, the A, I, D, E, and T. What she missed, though, was that heart part that I mentioned on the head and the heart. So mm-hmm. at no point did she say to the patient, you know, whether it's something or nothing, we're here for you. Um, and, in fact, when the patient said, can you see it? Can you see the lump that I'm feeling? She says, well, I can't really tell you that, but I'm not allowed to tell you that, which did nothing to reduce the anxiety, right? Of course she's thinking, well, you're looking at it. Can't you see uh, what's going on? Um, so I think we have to ask ourselves, is what I'm saying, is my behaviors, are they reducing the anxiety for the person I'm interacting with right now? Hmm. So, yeah. And I think also, Leanne, it's two to group while, you know, Stephanie and I have been there a number of years. And the thing that I love, it's, it's the best job I've ever had. And I think <laughs> the reason that I love it so much is that we have an opportunity to help nurses be better than they already are. We see so many awesome, wonderful nurses giving care to the patients. And so our role as coaches is to go into those organizations and help them just even elevate that performance a little bit more to really build that trust with their patients. We don't ask them to do anything that's out of line. You know, what we're doing is just helping them be the best that they can be. And we have the opportunity, you know, and it's not just about teaching tactics, but it's also recognizing and rewarding those things that we see. And I think as we come alongside our partners to really help them be the best healthcare organization they can be in their community, it's all about that for me. And I think, um, you know, I have a story about um, a particular relative that, um, has recently found out that he has um, a, has osteomyelitis. And it was so impactful when they started telling him about the cause and what was going on that he didn't hear anything else mm-hmm. that the nurse said to him. All he heard was that he's got this disease and he doesn't really know much about it. And he was really nervous about how does that affect me? What do I do now? What, what, what about my wife? What, what, what's going to happen, right? And I think the impact of how that could have been such a better experience if we just realize that when we tell patients things or we engage with them and they're very anxious, that we need to stop and say, let me help you understand better and really do that, you know, that engagement with them with the heart and the mind. The mind part is so easy sometimes because we're pretty task-oriented. The heart part is where we have to pause. And I have many organizations that say, you know, we're going to do a five-minute sit in our eight hours. And, you know, if it's only five minutes, I'm good with that. At least that's five minutes that they've sat and engaged with the patient. And so I think while the work is so hard for our nurses today, we're so excited and so blessed and grateful for the work that we get to do to come alongside nurses and help them feel important and help them feel like they bring value. And as a nurse myself of 50 years, you know, I think that's the best I can do because when I was a young nurse, I would have loved to have somebody come alongside me and say, you bring value to this organization and to these patients, and let me tell you why. So it's yeah. just a, I'm grateful for the work we do, but I think, you know, it's more than that. It's really about those nurses out there giving 100%. Every day is what we want them to do, but what are we doing for them, right? We are talking about, you know, these lucky companies that have hired you and hired your organization to come in and help. But I think about, you know, some of the people who are listening to this, they may not be in that lucky organization. And the thing that comes to me is um, that uh, where it would be nice to have that support all the way through from the top level to, you know, every single employee. If you don't have that, you can still start it in your own little department. And that's something that 
I've seen, um, you know, various different nurses where, you know, some most of the people are talking about, oh, we're in the trenches and this is so awful and terrible and nobody cares about us and on and on and on. And everybody feels worse. But if in those same few seconds or minutes that we had time to complain, if we had used those minutes to try to support and encourage just one other person, Mm -hmm. it's sort of, it's like an infection. Everybody starts to catch it. And whether they realize what they're doing or not, they just start to um, repeat to each other the kinds of things that they heard because they felt good and they want to give it back. Right. It is about changing your perspective, right? It's about changing your perspective. And am I going to be grateful today or am I going to be a complainer? And it's our choice. And I think no matter what faces us, if we're grateful today and we encourage someone else, then we're really making that person's day better and it makes ours better as well. That's a great point. We are coming to the point of the end of the show, and that's such a sad thing for me because I'm just getting into it and it's time to stop. Um, so what would you like to say, what, what's the main thing, message, if you could give a message to the nurses out there working so hard and wanting to, to live their passion, is there a message you would each give them? Sure, I can go first. Uh, this is Stephanie, and, and I, w- I would say... If you've lost connection to why you got into nursing, spend some time reflecting on that and find a way to keep that central for yourself, um, whether it's a little note on the on your dashboard of your car as you go into work or a little note on your mirror uh, that you look at as you get ready in the morning. But remember why you got into work because it all starts, it starts with you and being centered in the very important work that you're doing on behalf of patients and families and, and each other. Uh, and a very hard job. We've got about one minute. Uh, LaVon, can you share something with nurses? Yes. Yes, definitely. So my message is take care of yourself. And while we sometimes think we don't have time to do that, spend a little time just for you, whether it's early in the morning and you're reading and you're meditating or you're doing something that, that centers you and brings you back to why you do what you do, like Stephanie said, Take time for yourself because if you don't take time to help you heal and help you deal with things, you're never going to be able to help someone else. So I think it's really strong and thinking about what I can do for me and then being grateful the opportunity we have to take care of patients. Yes, I agree. And and I think about it. Um, I had at one point um, somewhat of a long drive to work. And what I realized is if I could notice, just notice what was around me, maybe it was the sunrise Maybe it was ducks crossing the road, you know, whatever it was, a tree that the buds were just starting to come out on. And if just looking at nature right around me instead of focusing on, you know, that red light or all of the other things that um, tend to keep us in that negative or dark place, if I could refocus on something that was positive and happy, I felt a lot better. So this has been uh, a wonderful uh, segment again. Our topic has been a patient's companion in the health journey, and my guests have been Stephanie uh, Brown and LaVon Dwinell. Um, This has been great to reconnect with you. Um, I I thank all of our our, uh, listeners who uh, were here. I'm sure they were thinking of experiences that they've had also. So we will end this uh, segment of Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. I hope you'll join us again next Monday. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.